Hello everybody and welcome to Fan Outlook. This is a look at the wacky world of pro wrestling from a fan's perspective and I want to thank you very much for joining in here today. If you, if you haven't already, a five star review would always would always be appreciated. Uh, you can find us on places like uh, Spotify and iTunes. I can't name the other places but uh, yeah, wherever you can find us, uh, leave a five star and I would greatly appreciate that. And I hope you enjoyed uh, yesterday's episode of uh, One Night Stand. Uh, that, was a, that was a fun one. It's Especially to go back and watch, and it's going to be interesting to uh, see what we're going <laughs> to see what uh, WWE's ECW is, see what see if it's as bad as what people thought it was, and as well as uh, that was very much my childhood as well in a weird way. And I know that kind of sounds sad if you're a bit older, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. So it would be interesting to see what it's like in adult eyes, anyway. So uh, uh, that should be coming tomorrow, um, hopefully, anyway. But um, today's Raw, as you'd expect, and you know. Uh, first thoughts of raw being <laughs> it was a show but um yeah um as, as far as uh, news today there's there's not it's it's been very clear i mean you've got a little bits of, you always have little bits and bobs and something really that stands out and like today you had the whole cryptic Corey graves on twitter situation you know basically quote-unquote burying the show to you know <laughs> plug his podcast basically if you didn't figure that out <laughs> uh, i think one of the hashtags was hashtag after the bell i don't know if he's deleted them or anything like that but that's news uh there's obviously uh la parker he passed away a few like two days ago now and um i think a lot of people got confused they thought um la park was the one who passed away from wcw but no it's um the most recent one in la parker where uh I, I don't know the full story. I'm not that in time with AAA or anything like that. But they're very, um, they're very weird when it comes to their copyright situations. Uh, when the when uh, LA Park was doing his thing in WCW, they didn't like the fact that he wasn't really in AAA or something like that much, that much. So they decided to create, you know, La Parker and have an, um, another dude. I can't remember his name. I think it's like Jose or Jesus. I don't know. I'm not even going to attempt. But uh, and they had him as LA as la parker and uh la park just became la park but yeah um my yeah uh my condolences to his family and stuff like that that's really sad it was a botched dive or something like that like man <laughs> that is really really sad and oh uh, yeah there's not really much to say besides uh you know rest in peace uh la parker and yeah that's pretty sad kind of sad that that went off that route but um yeah there's um Apparently, there's a Saudi show next month, which is very interesting to say the least. I did not realize that there was a Saudi show next month. It seems very soon, and I, I think the only Saudi show that I've watched is the um, the Greatest World Rumble. You know, before the whole um, stuff went down with the government and stuff like that, where it just feels really awkward watching it, and I still feel the same way. But as far as Saudi shows go right now, as far as now that I've got this podcast going on, um, I'm not really sure if I'm going to be reviewing it or not. I'll, I'll let it know on my social media, obviously. But yeah, it's, I'm a bit unsure. I'm very unsure as to uh, if I will or not. But I'd say it's 50-50 at this point. But it's, it's, it's made me feel better about the idea of them doing... Uh, they're most likely going to be doing Brock and Tyson Fury. <laughs> there which is fine i'm i'm if they want to do it at that sort of show then that's fine by me just you know leave it out of mania that's that's really all i ask but yeah uh sort show in february and like i said it's it's 
it's weird enough we got another pay-per-view <laughs> on the lead up to wrestlemania it always feels you know weird that we've got extra pay-per-views going in because usually it's you know we've got the rumble i was about to say no way out it hasn't been no way out in a long time you had the chamber we had fast lane for a while i don't know if they're doing fast lane anymore but i remember there was this one particular month uh yeah i think it was like 2016 it did like um uh, they did the rumble they did the chamber they did fast lane <laughs> they did a uh, roadblock you know i think they did two roadblocks that year which was just really weird and then they have wrestlemania where it's just complete and they had one of the, i think the longest wrestlemania up until that point as well so there was just so much content coming out and uh, so i don't know their pay-per-view schedule uh ironing out um but if they're doing that if they're doing the rumble if they're doing a Saudi show in february which is really interesting and i think wwe might decide to leave a few <laughs> um a few wrestlers uh in the states uh, for for this time because of what happened last time with all uh delays the very scary delays at that so that that's that's an interesting situation but yeah now nah, it's um yeah so you got the rumble you got the chamber probably i'd assume anyway you got the Saudi show, so that's um, that's three right there. And did they do Fastlane last year? I don't think they did. Um, I I wasn't watching. Yeah, they did do Fastlane because I think it was still um, no, it wasn't brand um extensive. I don't know. I just remember because there was that um Kofi situation uh, at Fastlane. I'm pretty sure it was Fastlane anyway, where they uh where they you thought it was going to be a triple threat match, but there was the handicap swerve where the bar came out and they had that really, really terrible handicap match. But yeah, enough of that. Um, yeah, Saudi show next month. If you like Saudi shows at this point, they're the real WrestleMania shows. I mean, uh, yeah, nah, I, I, I can't remember who brought it up, but it's a very good point. At this point, WrestleMania is just a Saudi Arabia revenge to us at this point. And it's very, very, very true. So uh, yeah, if you're excited for Saudi shows, there is one next month. Um, I heard today that the uh, the revival they uh, trademarked uh, their finisher, the uh, Shatter Machine uh, moniker, not the actual finisher, but the finisher name, the Shatter Machine. So um, it almost seems like they're on their way out, <laughs> and I really hope that's the case. I I'm not gonna lie, if they, if they if they want to stay with WWE, that's all. That's completely, you know, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. They want to do what's best for their families, and that's yeah, that's too easy. The fan side of me is just like man i hate it when i see a good tag team especially when they're in wwe because when there are good tag teams in, in wwe it's just um yeah <laughs> they uh vince doesn't like tag teams so yeah i don't and when you see a great tag team like revival all you want is for them to be in a place that appreciates tag team and you can clearly tell that that's very much AEW and um yeah <laughs> i just hope they go uh, not even aew far out they could go to ring of honor they could go to uh freaking nwa power i feel like they fit in nwa power really great being that old school throwback but yeah as far as i uh, know um it doesn't look like they're resigning um is that rumor going around that they're going to sit out their contracts which i doubt i don't think they do that i it will only get worse for them if they sit out their contracts i mean we've seen how it's went down for previous people it's just um yeah it's it's not the best idea it's the same deal with uh rusev right now where we don't know if rusev's gonna resign i think he trolled uh, social media earlier uh today even when he, he i think he had something like uh, fr uh soon to be free agent rusev or whatever and in, in his twitter which is um 
interesting. That's kind of, it's, you're going to expect a lot of that now that there's a second company out there. There's going to be a, a lot of teasing from other wrestlers. We saw it with Randy Orton last year, him teasing whether he's going to resign or not, when I don't think anyone bought that in any way whatsoever. So, yeah, you're going to expect a lot of that. Uh, as far as Rusev, though, um, I don't, see, I, I think he's going to resign. I don't see him leaving WWE. He may be frustrated, but he's he's regardless of whether you hate the angle and i don't like the angle i personally i, I i've always been kind of like hey yeah, it's all right but now it's just bleh. <laughs> you know i and it might be coming to an end as well so but he's in a very hot angle at the moment that's getting a lot of attention from outside as well so it's it's very popular it's it's the show that attracts the most views it's the uh segment that gets the most views on youtube stuff like that where it's like he's in a pretty decent spot right now he's probably what like number three baby face on raw so that's a he hasn't won <laughs> that's another thing you gotta uh, pay attention to is that he has yet to win a single uh confrontation with lashley and i think next week might be his last chance so i guess we're just gonna have to see what happens with rusev if i i wouldn't bet i definitely wouldn't put money on it but if i had to if someone pointed a gun to my head i would say he's probably going to resign especially that Lana's resigned as well, so it's like uh, you can be with your wife, you know. So um, there's that. But as far as I know, yeah, I I think you resign. Um, I think that's it news wise. It's not. There's not really that much going on realistically. Um, yeah, that's it. So all that stuff now is uh, raw. And like I said, I thought the show was all right. Uh, the highs for it were high you know uh the good stuff on the show was really really good um i'll get into them obviously but uh i was a black and buddy murphy besides the finish which uh i'm probably gonna rant about soon um fantastic probably i think it might have been my favorite one out of all their matches so there's that and uh the prop westerner r-true segment was one of the best segments i've watched in forever <laughs> and this comedy in wwe done right and obviously i'll get into that soon but the show kicked off great as well in um randy orton he he rocks up and he's in full babyface mode here it's always interesting seeing randy orton in babyface mode and uh yeah he he's basically he's he's saying like i was told here to come out and you know and excite the fans but exciting isn't really my thing so i basically own the fact that he's not really uh that exciting but um he calls aj out and uh aj comes out and then aj is bragging about how uh how good his rko is and basically uh, his rko is better than randy orton's and uh then drew mcintyre uh rocks up which um which which was good and he he's one of the few people that does silly humor right. I think I talked about it the other week. Uh, it wouldn't have been on the podcast, but I was just thinking about it where um, he's, he's one of the few that can do silly humor perfectly where, you know, that humor that Cena does where you're like, oh, dude, come on. McIntyre is just that guy that can do it and it, it feels right. You know, uh, he, made a he made a really silly joke in that, like, 
uh, basically his joke was, you know, uh, they're having themselves an RKO measuring contest and then he coughs and it's like, my claim was bigger. And then the funniest thing, uh, Randy Orton just chucks the mic down in disgust. And I just thought that was brilliant. <laughs> He's like, oh, screw this. And, uh, Randy, that, Randy Orton just throwing the mic down was just, <laughs> it was brilliant. But there, then he uh, challenged uh, Orton and AJ to a triple threat match and they accepted and uh, it started right off the bat and it always feels weird when there's a triple threat match with like uh, no stakes behind it but the match because you're used to it's either a championship match or number one contenders like you don't know, triple threat it just feels weird when there's nothing behind it but the match starts uh, Drew just hits a big boot on Styles just completely uh, hits him and then Orton just pokes him in the eye again <laughs> <laughs> which was great. Uh, along back to, I think, their four-way, where he just pokes him in the eye. I thought that was brilliant. And he tossed him out the ring, and then Orton goes for the DDT, but then the club intervened. But that was very quick, because Orton nailed Carl Anderson with an RKO, and then and then uh, McIntyre hit Gallows with a Claymore. And then um, the, uh, then <laughs> I'm trying to think what happened after that. Oh, yeah, it was it, they went to the break after that. That's right. And then they uh, came back and they did the triple tower power of doom or whatever the heck it's called. You know, that three-way spot in the corner where they do like a superplex powerbomb spot. And that's that always gets over. It gets a this is awesome chant. McIntyre then hits a future shock DDT. And then McIntyre went for a claymore. But Orton just drop kicks uh, McIntyre, sending him out to the outside. And then... Interesting enough, Orton and Styles, they double-teamed McIntyre on the outside for a while before Orton just nails uh, McIntyre with the steps, which, you know, you always love when the steps get involved. And I always love it when people take advantage of the no rules in a triple threat match, because if it's a triple threat match, it's no disqualification. So I'm really glad that they took advantage of that in this match. And uh, as Orton's getting back into the ring, AJ hits Orton's uh, draping DBT, and then he sets up for an RKO and this is when this match just gets oh my goodness uh he goes for an RKO Orton blocks and then he hits a Styles clash <laughs> oh god it was amazing <laughs> the crowd just erupted because he hit a Styles clash but Styles kicked out and then uh crowd yeah heavily behind Orton here he sets up for an RKO but then AJ rolls him up and then Orton uh, kicked out, and then he hit an RKO onto Styles. But then before he could make the cover, McIntyre just inches in and just claymores Mac uh, Orton and pins Styles to get the win. And best choice of Victor here, definitely. The match didn't go on for that long. Like I think it probably would have only went for a less than ten minutes for sure. I don't think it. It must have been really good <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't because, uh, yeah, it felt like it went super quick. But for what it was, it was very entertaining from from the opening to um, to the opening segment and the match itself. It was very, very good. And part of me just really wants Drew McIntyre to win the Royal Rumble. I feel I feel this dude is ready for it. It's been 10 years and a firing, but I think he's finally ready for it. But I doubt it. And that's that. That's fine. But yeah, after that, we get Ricochet versus Mojo Rawley. It's always nice to see uh, Mojo get more screen time. I think Mojo's one of those dudes that could definitely be something more 
than what he is currently, but this dude, <laughs> this dude straight up looks like a default creator wrestler you'd see in the 2K series, <laughs> where, you know, where you're going through and they have, like, atti uh, costumes already set up for you. It looks like Mojo is already wearing one of those. You're like, he just, he just, and that in his look alone just makes him look like just a generic creator wrestler that you get in 2K, you know, when you get your Baron Blades or your Tommy Walls or your El Margos. <laughs> if you don't understand those references, then, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, buddies. But um, so the match itself, though, it was basically a generic big man, little man match. What you normally see in WWE, Mojo threw around Styles for a little bit. Um, Ricochet goes for a springboard, but Mojo catches him. But... Style, uh, style, sorry, Ricochet, uh, reverses it. He hits his, uh, one-legged code breaker. I think it's called the recoil. I, I heard recoil, so I'm going to assume it's, it's called the recoil. If, uh, yeah, don't at me. <laughs> but, um, then he hits a 630, which was interesting because I thought he chose to do the recoil over the, uh, 630 because of the damage it was causing to him. So it was a bit weird. So I guess it's now, uh, officially his, uh, setup into the, into the 630 so um yeah i don't know how that's gone about i i prefer it that way but yeah i thought that the recoil was supposed to replace the 630 and i thought he was gonna bust out the 630 for when it meant something but apparently not anyway but that's all right we then they cut backstage to um sorry i kept clicking there but um they cut backstage to i was about to say private party that's not right they were about they cut back to street profits and i wasn't really paying that much attention to it but they're basically recapping everything that's happening and what's going to happen tonight, and it just, it just made me remember the, what happened to that news thing they did that one week, and, and then I realized, oh wait, no, they're basically doing this now, but about the the kitty news backdrop that you, you'd see on the kids' news and stuff like that. They they cut that bit out, so uh, that's that's interesting. But yeah, um, and then they're like, okay, Charlotte Flair's about to come out, you know, uh, cut to Charlotte Flair's music, and they did and it's charlotte flair versus uh, sarah logan and apparently it's sarah logan's hometown so it's nice to see her get to perform in her hometown but we all know what happens when they get to wrestle in her hometowns don't we so um so when uh the match is basically just a repeat of last week but with the bell actually ringing this time so they brawl for a couple of minutes but then charlotte locks in the figure eight to pick up the win and that's it. She just she chucks out Sarah, Lo Sarah Logan, and yeah, that's sort of match. Something there we haven't seen. I don't think I've ever seen Sarah Logan in a full feature match. So it'll be very interesting to see her at a compete at a proper level. So um, yeah, no, that'd be interesting to see. Um, they then cut backstage to uh Joe Owens and the Big Show, and apparently Owens is stressed out about not knowing the rules of a fist fight. Not that any of us do. But it doesn't matter because they just they're just gonna pummel Seth Rollins. So that's basically what that was. Um then we get one of the one of the best things of the night. <laughs> Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Uh this went on for a long time, but I'm glad it did because this was so entertaining. This was incredibly entertaining. Uh Brock Lesnar, they come out, they they mock the Kentucky crowd, the crowd chant you suck, and then they go to leave, but they come back and start over. They recount them making history by announcing Brock's entry into the Royal Rumble at number one. I don't think the championship's on the line. Yeah, I, I think that's not happening. So I think that answers that question. And Eamon says it's a spoiler and his spoilers are the greatest streak in WWE history since they already conquered the other greatest streak at WrestleMania 30, crowd boo. And then he spoils that Brock Lesnar is going to dominate the Royal Rumble. And then enters R-Truth. <laughs> and... Uh, 
at this current time, <laughs> I was begging that Brock Lesnar or, or Paul Heyman. If Brock or Paul Heyman, I'm starting to think, I'm trying to lean more towards Paul Heyman now. Uh, if he would win the 24-7 championship. But sadly, that did not happen. Because if you imagine that if you had Brock Lesnar with his big championship and then you had Paul Heyman with his 24-7 championship. Ah, oh, a couple of weeks, that would just be absolutely amazing. And no one would dare cross Paul, Brock Lesnar because, yeah. But, yeah, so our truth uh, he says that uh, he may be the favourite. Um, yeah, he saw something about the Royal Rumble and he may be the favourite. But his childhood hero, John Cena, told him to never give up. So for the first time ever, the 24-7, you know, European, whatever he would say, uh, Route 77 champion is going to declare the Royal Rumble. And you may be a big, big, big man, but he knows that you'll be flying over that top rope. Paul Heyman. And I'm not, I'm not giving this justice. I'm not giving this the service it deserves, but it's just so hilarious. And, Everyone's laughing at this point, including Brock. Everyone except for Paul Heyman, who then clarifies it's not him, it's Brock Lesnar. So our truth is like, well, I officially undeclared the Royal Rumble, and that was just even more hilarious. And then he says, sorry, my bad. I wasn't listening because Paul Heyman goes on and on and on, and he's tired of Heyman giving spoilers because he doesn't like spoilers and <laughs> just little things. It's just truth was in red form tonight, and now fuss and Heyman being frustrated. Brock gets up close with our truth, and our truth asks Brock, you know, he does his what's up thing, does the splits, and he starts dancing, but then. Brock just had to ruin everything. He he clotheslined our truth, and then. And then he hit him with the F5, and then he grabbed the championship. And this is where I thought, oh my god, are they going to do this? And it's like, nap. He just throws the championship onto onto our truth and then walks off. And yeah, it wasn't meant to be, but this was the most entertaining segment on Raw by far. Like, this was, yeah, this was so goddamn entertaining. Our truth our truth's a blessing you know you, you sleep on him and it's just like yep nah he actually is so damn good i'm glad he's been around for the past 12 years is oh <laughs> he's just so good he's he's, he's someone that you, you say oh this dude's gonna be a future hall of famer and you're like well that just seems weird but yeah this dude is going to be a future hall of famer just from his comedy alone this dude it's just so, so freaking funny, you know? <laughs> and Brock here, when Brock gets to be silly, when Brock gets to be silly, yeah, he's he's very entertaining. Like, you look back on his um, mariachi stuff with Eddie Guerrero, that was so entertaining. When Brock gets to mess around, this dude is so entertaining when his comedy gets to come out, and I wish we got to see more of that often. So they get back from break, and the officials, they're basically helping our truth to the back, but... Mojo Rawley takes out R-Truth to become the new 24-7 champion, or basically the R-Truth Memorial Championship, which, good for Mojo. <laughs> There's not really, really much else to say about that. And then they cut to an interview of uh, before the show starts with Lashley and Lana, of them getting out the car. I could, couldn't care less at this point, but apparently all I got out of this was uh, they're jealous, everybody's jealous, and uh, they're going to beat up Rusev, so... 
Yay. Um, then we get Bobby Lashley versus Rusev. The match itself is fine. Uh, they trade blows at the start. I thought Rusev was working heel for a bit, you know, because he was choking him in the corner and, sh and stuff like that, you know, and that seems to be the trend with uh, Bobby Lashley. Um, it's it's really weird where be, he'd just be like, um, he just, he had a match with Kevin Owens, uh, I think before the year ended or maybe at the start of the year where, um, yeah, he just, it looked like Kevin Owens was the one who was working uh, heel when Kevin Owens was a clear babyface. And that's what I kept saying to myself is like, Lashley, I don't think he's a heel. <laughs> he just doesn't, he doesn't look like a heel. He doesn't really wrestle like a heel. I mean, he, I think he, um, he poked uh, Rusev in the eye, but as far as that goes, yeah. I mean, he's not really that heelish. And I think he's misplaced. I think he's a baby face. I think he's one of those baby faces that should be contending with Brock, but no, they'd rather have me doing this stuff. But yeah, like I said, they're trading blows and Lashley pokes Rusev in the eye. He clotheslines him over the top rope to the outside and then uh, and then Lashley spears Rusev on the outside, which looked very cool. And that was before they went to commercial break. They come back and Lashley has the heat on Rusev. Rusev, tr um, Rusev tries to get an ankle lock, but to no avail. Lashley would then jam Rusev's knee into the post. And yeah, he just kept getting the heat on, on Rusev before Rusev would finally begin to rally. And he mounted himself a comeback and he hit a really uh, cool, he did a belly-to-belly -belly overhead, which was very impressive, especially because it's Lashley, someone who's got a very decent frame on him. And then he went for the Machka kick, but Lashley sidestepped and hit Rusev with a German suplex. But Rusev no-sold the German suplex and then he hit a Machka kick and then he went to set up for an accolade, but Lana got on the apron. Lashley took advantage of the distraction by sliding out and chop blocks Rusev's leg. They fight for a little bit again, and then they hit a double clothesline, and this is when it gets terrible. <laughs> it got really bad. Uh, Liv Morgan would walk out, and this, yeah, this is where it got really bad, and this is to no fault of Liv or Lana or Lashley or, <laughs> or Rusev. So she walks out. She confronts Lana. She challenges Lana. Come on, punch me. First shot, you know. Come on, fight me. And, uh, yeah, Lana just grabs uh, some audience member's coke and just pegs it at Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan's like, what the hell? And then Lana just throws Liv Morgan into the barricade, making Liv, Liv look like a total idiot. And then Lashley hit the spear on Rusev, and Rusev picked up the win, and... Uh, this was awful. Uh, this feud has gotten so. It was not. Uh, you could argue, people will argue that it got ter It was terrible before, and I understand that. But before this, before the stupid wedding, it actually wasn't terrible. I didn't mind it. I thought it was actually pretty decent. There were times where I was actually getting behind Rusev. This is just bad. Uh, from you know, they look like the biggest idiots out there living Rusev, and this is proof that they used a lesbian storyline for shock just shock no storyline advancement it was just a one night shock thing and i want to say that you should kind of be ashamed that they did that because look and this is this is why i i truly feel this way there's been zero reference to Liv and lana's relationship since that whole wedding debacle i think it was shown on a recap once since then but other than that they've shown no advancements they haven't referenced it they haven't explained it they had three segments here tonight alone they had three backstage segments this isn't even including the match so up and all they had four segments and there wasn't one reference to Liv and Lana's relationship in any way whatsoever so they did that 
just for pure shock and awe. And I thought we were past that. I really did. I, I really thought they did that. But like I said, they had three segments here tonight. Did they? No. Lana just challenged them to a mixed tag match. Lashley didn't like it. So they're showing more frictions in that, in their relationship already. And Rusev and Liv accepted. And that's that was their three segments. And they were, they were separated in different parts of the show. But I'm just going to get them over and done with now. It's bad. So there's going to be a mixed tag match next week. And yeah, they can have fall for this one because uh, I thought we were past this bullcrap, you know. And no, we're not. And yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves because they've got members of the LGBTQ community on this show. And hey, I don't know. Maybe Liv Morgan is part of that community as well. I don't know who she is. But it's still the fact that this... It doesn't excuse the fact that this was literally used as storyline shock. Nothing like advancing, you know, oh, this this feels like uh, moving a step forward or anything like that. This is what you'd see on Jerry Springer. And there's a reason Jerry Springer... I don't think Jerry Springer's on the air anymore. Don't hold me to that, but... It's a reason that stuff just doesn't work anymore. And, oh man, it's just, oh, it, it's really, really bad. And I, like I said, it's just, I'm over it. Next week, they've got the mixed tag. Hopefully it wraps up next week. I can't stand to see this go any longer than it already has. I doubt it. I think it's probably going to keep going. I think they're going to keep doing it until Rusev resigns. I think this is the worst punishment for Rusev at this point. I doubt it. Though, I think they think this is genuinely really good. And there was a stage where I was starting to think that this was really good. But it's 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 past that now. And I just hope that next week it just ends. I hope it's done. They get the mixed tag over and done with. They can do whatever they want. As far as that, I just want it to be over and done with. So next up anyway is the Viking Raiders Open Challenge. And apparently an open challenge is now officially a match type in the WWE. So, uh... 2K, you better listen now because the ring announce the ring announcer, I think it's Greg Hamilton, even just said uh, the following contest is an is an open challenge scheduled for one fall. So it's like okay, apparently they could have been doing this for a while for all I know, but so apparently this is a match type. Either way, I'm I'm over it. I I, I could care less about an open challenge now, which is BS. It's overplayed as hell. What you have with John Cena was special, and the open chat the John Cena open challenge was. It's, I don't think there's been anything better in WWE over the last five years. I can't believe it's been five years now. That is just insane to me <laughs> since the John Cena Open Challenge. You had magic with that. It was perfect. It was the great way for John Cena to rise to rise up the US title. It was brilliant. You, you, you try to recreate it with different people. It just doesn't work. Seriously, just because something's right with one person doesn't mean it's right with the other. An open challenge is fitting to John Cena. Not that an open challenge isn't fitting to the Viking Raiders. Not as tag champs, it's not. But anyway, uh, they they come out. They do their cringy 80s muscle tag team promo. And it's just like, you do realize you don't have to speak, right? I mean, that's not at the Viking Raiders. I mean, for WWE to just pay attention. They don't need to speak. <laughs> I cringe when they try to do their gravel voice. I just... I don't like it. I don't like it. It's cringy as heck. 
it's not the 80s anymore. Just don't have them speak. But yeah, the Sin Brothers accept their challenge. If the Sin Brothers are still doing the Bollywood gimmick, I don't understand why you can't call in the Bollywood boys. <laughs> but um, it is what it is. I'm complaining it a lot. I do apologize, but I need to be honest with what I like and what I don't like. And uh, they beat up the they beat up the uh, the Sin Brothers before the match starts, and then the bell rings, and then they win. I hate to say it, but I'm so over the Viking Raiders. Um, they've been miscalculated since they got to the main roster haven't they i can't believe vince thought that the viking experience was a great tag team name for them and they've been screwed ever since i feel bad for them i think they were the uh the the viking warriors or whatever they they went like three name changes before they got to the viking raiders but is is the finish just is the viking experience which i'm okay with but i think it's just vince being you know salty but yeah, I think I'm over the Viking Raiders. I mean, I know how great they are. I know how great they can be. <laughs> I don't need them to be in squash matches to understand how good they are every single week. And yeah, they're just they're the tag champs. Like instead of having that, they don't need to prove anything. They are the tag champs. When you do a squash match, it's usually to prove what you can do. They don't need to prove what they can do. They already know that. Instead of that, why don't you have Viking Raiders? Be the boss team, you know, the final boss. And <laughs> yeah, I think that would have worked much better if they'd just be the final boss. Because as far as I know, because they're the ones who get the squash matches every week, the only tag teams I know on Raw are the club, the Street Profits, and them. That's three. <laughs> I don't. Oh, there was, um, there's, oh, what's that? Uh, Hawkins and Ryder. Okay, so there's four. There's <laughs> four tag teams on Raw. And yeah. It doesn't need to be freaking Viking Raiders doing a squash match every week. It's getting so annoying. I'm I'm over it. I'm so over it. But it all gets better. It does get better, especially with the next uh, view. It's the Becky Lynch Asuka contract signing. And this to me is probably the best thing on Raw right now is the Becky Lynch and Asuka feud. It's just so simple. Becky Lynch can't beat Asuka. She's hesitant, but she wants to prove that she can beat Asuka. It's easy, it's great, and so was his contract side. Uh, Lola was hosting, uh, Lynch is out first, then comes out Asuka, followed by Kairi Sane, so it's good to see her back. So I think I think this is her return, I don't remember her being back last week, I don't remember Asuka being on Raw last week, but... Yeah, so uh, Kairi starts toying with Lynch, poking her in the, in the stomach with, you know, the umbrella and stuff like that, and uh, it's, it, it, Lynch is very angry here, Asuka signs the contract, Lynch hesitantly signs the contract and says, may the best woman win. And the best part about it was she was hesitant. You know, her hesitant, it was subtle. It wasn't obvious, like, oh, I'm scared. I'm so scared. I don't want to sign. It's a moment of pause. And then she signs it. I love that. <laughs> I love subtlety. <laughs> There's nothing better than subtlety. And then straight after that, Oscar just missed Lynch right in the face again. <laughs> it was great. Lynch in absolute pain. This is what I didn't like. Demanded the microphone. And I'll be honest, I couldn't understand a single thing she was saying, nor did I think it was necessary. They could have held this part off till, you know, like next week. I don't think the talking helped here. I think I wish they just had to sell the eyes and then just have a go to the back. That would have been fine. I think the talking was unnecessary, but it was still... The whole thing was still great. I'm actually looking forward to their match at the, at the Royal Rumble. Then after that, there was an Andrade interview. And uh, they basically recapped everything that happened with Andrade. And then apparently they filed a criminal report for assaulting Andrade. And I really hope that's where it ends. 
I hope that's where it ends, please. No more lore, police-based storylines. I think we've had enough of them. This doesn't need it. Uh, yeah, Zelina basically just says, uh, Rey Mysterio is a bad example to Dominic and all his kids. And then Rey Mysterio responds. He speaks in Spanish before uh, going back to English and saying that he loves the idea of having a ladder match and he's willing to sacrifice years of his career to win back his United States Championship. I think he references Dominic here. And... Which kind of got me thinking: Is this gonna is this gonna be where they plant a seed? Is this gonna be this is not even planting a seed? It's just doing it. Is this gonna be where they lead to a Dominic heel turn? Because I know Ray really, really wants that Dominic match, and uh, is they gonna do the spot where it looks like Ray is about to climb the ladder and grab the title, and Dominic just you know pushes the ladder and costs Ray the title? I I don't know if I want that. <laughs> I don't know if um, Dominic's ready. They might not even do that. This is just me thinking. Like, okay, that we see this. This is usually what happens in ladder matches in WWE. That's kind of not the combination of a storyline. So, um, yeah, that that could be what they might do. That could that might be what they do. And um, yeah, I wonder if Dominic's ready to have a match. Um, I don't think he's had one yet. So it'll be very interesting to see if he can. That's for damn sure. So, so after that, uh, they cut back to uh, Jerry Lawler and Vic Joseph, and holy heck, I never noticed this, but uh, Vic Joseph is one tall boy. That dude towers Jerry Lawler. My goodness, <laughs> he was so tall. I just like I never noticed it before. Where he was just standing there, and I think he's and Jerry Lawler was like up to his like shoulder, not even that. And it's like, oh my god, this dude is a giant. <laughs> no wonder they don't want to have him like interviewing and stuff like that. The only gig for him is definitely commentary where he's sitting down because like this dude's a tall boy. <laughs> or it could be that Jerry Lawler's gotten smaller. I don't, I don't know. I think he's. I think Big Joseph is just genuinely very very tall. But then they cut to a really really good Alistair Black Buddy Murphy vignette. It was really, really cool to hype up their match that's about to happen. And this match, this is the third and final match with the two. And uh, this was fantastic. Uh, they start with, you know, a fury of blows that you'd expect. Uh, they do a few standoffs and then they fight to the outside. And the majority of this match was outside, but it never got dull, you know. And um, yeah, so they're, they're fighting on the outside and... I'm pretty sure there was a one thing uh, thing in the match where they're uh, they're brawling and then they go towards the timekeepers area and Murphy climbs the barricade, kind of what he did and went after you know whacking Alistair with a chair and then and then Alistair Black just sweeps Murphy's legs, causing him to crash and burn before the commercial break, which looked devastating. <laughs> a lot of things in this match looked devastating. They come back from the break uh, and they're still fighting on the outside. There was like a cool double. Um, double stomp uh, by Alistair Black onto Murphy, which will also look painful. And then they fight towards the timekeeper's area again. And then Alistair just hits a running kick so fast, he sends himself into the crowd. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. And then uh, they're both back in the ring. Black has the offense. He hits a springboard moonsault. And then he's, uh, he's, he's setting up for the Black Mass. And then Murphy rolls him up. But the ref notices that he's got the tights. So uh, he stops the pin. Murphy pissed off being like, dude, what the heck? Uh, Alistair just knees him in the head. <laughs> and which just looks... It, Alistair Black's offense is just, it just feels, looks and feels real. Same with Bunny Murphy's. It's so good. And uh, yeah, he kicks him in the head. Uh, Brutal needs the head, but he kicks out. Uh, they're fighting again. Uh, Murphy's on the apron. He kicks Black in the head. He climbs to the top rope. 
Uh, Black is quick to recover, though. And but uh, he's about to hit a superplex, but Murphy's like, nope, and sent and plants him down. He doesn't get the offense uh, too long, where uh, Black recovers again and just boots Murphy off the top rope to the outside, and <laughs> that looks so good. This whole, this match was just so fun. I can't I can't express it enough. So they both rec- recover and they crawl into the ring. They trade blows before Murphy hits uh, Black with the Murphy's Law. And then he goes for the cover, but Black gets his foot on the ropes. And Murphy initially goes for a second Murphy's Law, but decides to go for the Black Mass instead, which would ultimately lead to his demise. He goes for the Black Mass, uh, Alice the Black ducked, and then hit a Black Mass of his own. In what was supposed to be the finish, it looked like, because if it wasn't, then I have no idea why they did this. It was so unnecessary. Uh, he goes for the pin, but the referee just screws up. And this is one of my uh, biggest pet peeves in wrestling is when the referee tries to make it too realistic where Murphy's shoulders, they must have been just a little bit up, but no one noticed. (laughs) I definitely didn't notice. So the referee stopped the count, you know, because, oh, he kicked out, his shoulder was up. Did anybody notice that the shoulders were up, but you wanted to play realism so real that you're willing to screw up this finish for the sake of you and to not look like an idiot, even though nobody noticed that the shoulders were up? Like, seriously, like, you could not tell that his shoulders were up and they stopped the pin, completely just ruining what a great finish that was. And no, they, they, oh, it's just, (laughs) it leaves me so flustered because this happens a few times whenever what's supposed to be the finish the referee, uh, the referee sees that the guy's shoulders are just a little bit up, so he stops the pin. So what Black has to do is he, she, he has to pick him up again and hit another Black Mass and then get the pin because it looks ridiculous. It just looks so damn ridiculous, and I wish the referee would just count the pin. If it's the finish, it's the finish. I don't care if it's so obvious that his shoulders are up. Just count the pin. It is much better than what you do, but... And taking all that away, the match was fantastic. It was a great finish to a really nice work-based feud. Black uh, looks strong here. Murphy just completely devastated that he could not, you know, get the win over Alistair. And this plays into <laughs> to the rest of the night. So uh, they come back and it's Eric Rowan versus Jobber. <laughs> Jobber. And Murphy's still sitting against a barricade, completely devastated with himself. And Charlie attempts to interview him, but he he just doesn't. But she's like, I just have one question. And he's just like, no, please, I don't want to. So he's very, very devastated that he can't get the win. But anyway, Rowan does his squash match. He, he wants the Jobber to see what's in his cage. But the, the Jobber's like, nah. And then he hits the claw and then gets the win. And we see a little bit more of the cage than what we... So it's a wooden box, basically. So that's that's our little tidbit for this week. So they want to they wanna keep us intrigued. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can really say about that. Apparently, uh, Eric Rowan didn't think to bother uh, our, our buddy Murphy. Yeah, and that was not the case. Then we get to that fist fight. <laughs> so the rules, according to uh, Greg Hamilton, the ring announcer, is that the only way to win this match is by ref stoppage. So there's no DQs, there's no pinfalls, there's no countouts or submissions. It's just beat you until the ref stops. And all I kept thinking was, shouldn't this be a street fight? Like, 
when you hear a fist fight, you think it's going to be just fists. And I actually, I don't remember there being that much fists in this match. <laughs> it, I, I, I can't recall that many strikes. I mean, Big Show didn't even get a knockout punch. <laughs> but then again, when I say that, you think a street fight, you'd also assume it'd be on the street. So who knows? We'll let them have their little fun thing, I guess. But so the Big Show's out first and he gets jumped by uh, Rollins and the AOP. But... Owens and Joe are quick to follow uh, with kendo sticks, and they even a playing field. Show breaks a kendo stick over Rollins, so you can't imagine that being fun for Rollins anyway. Uh, Owens and Joe and the AOP they fight up the stage, leaving Show and uh, to, leaving Show with uh, Rollins, and Show sets up a table in a corner. And o- AOP start double teaming Joe on top of the stage, and Owens, oh, Jesus Christ, he nearly kills himself. By the way, wrong wrong foot, and he would have just stacked completely. He runs up the stage and just goes all parkour. It, it, <laughs> he ran up the stage, jumped off onto AOP. It was incredible. A man of his size, you know, being able to do that. I mean, like he's not a giant. He's just he's just got a gut, you know. And that's really Kevin Owens in a standpoint. But still. This dude has got an engine in that you just would not think looking at him. He is just incredible. Like, it's unbelievable how he managed to do that. And yeah, no, full praise to him. And then Samoa Joe, he puts one of the AOP on the table, gets on top of the stage, and then sentons one of the AOP members through it. And that was fun. At this point, Rollins is being thrown around by Big Show, but he notices uh, Buddy Murphy still sitting there. And then he asks Buddy Murphy to help him. And then he gets... Uh, Choke slammed by the big show Roland stars and then he, he's going for the knockout punch the WMD and he gets low blowed by Buddy Murphy so it looks like Buddy Murphy's joined them and and then he and Rollins put Big Show through a table. And at this point, the AOP, they uh, they get back on offense and they put Owens and Joe through the announcer's tables. And that took them out of the match. And it's like Big Show in a four-on-one uh, situation. And then Rollins attempts to curb stomp on the Big Show. And the Big Show attempts to fight back here. He tosses Murphy outside the ring. But then the numbers game is just too much. He gets double powerbombed. <laughs> um yeah, he gets double power bomb at AIP, the AIP, the AOP, which I can't imagine would be good for Big Show at his size and age. Like the dude's probably in his fifties, and he's he's at least north of 350, right? Like the dude's still a giant. And then he would get uh, curb stomped, and that's when the ref would call for the battle. It was very bad curb stomp, but you can't really expect <laughs> you can't expect much. And Rollins and AOP win, and Rollins hugged AOP in celebration, and then and then hugged Buddy Murphy. So it uh, looks like Murphy has joined Rollins. And all I, I, I kept thinking was, this has got a very dark order vibe to it uh, from AEW. So. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what to think of that. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate this. I thought this was fun in a lot of ways. Um, this is one of those weird storylines where I don't have an opinion on it. You know, I think a lot of people probably feel the same way about it in the way of like, this doesn't feel like a bad storyline, but doesn't feel like a good one either. It's just kind of one of those storylines where you feel it's just there at the moment. And uh, yeah, there was, that's how the show ended. And yeah, I've, I thought the show was good, you know, um, not great. It it dragged, and that's kind of the theme of the three-hour rules, though, isn't it? We've been saying it for years. It's it's not going to change unless USA want it to, unless they find a new 
uh, channel for him. I just don't think that uh, we're going to get anything other than this three-hour show. But, yeah, the good parts were great. The stuff with Randy and AJ and McIntyre, I thought that was really good. The Lesnar segment, uh, that was great. <laughs> uh, that Lesnar Truth segment was probably one of my favorite things about the show. I think it was, yeah. And then the Buddy Murphy Alistair Black match was just absolutely excellent. So, yeah, the highs were really high on this show and the lows, they were quite low. But, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up today. Um, I know it, I think it's probably shorter than usual. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, we're at 47 minutes. So, yeah, a bit shorter than usual. So I apologize on that front. But we'll be back tomorrow to review the first episode of uh, WWE ECW. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, nah, uh, Raw today, I, I'm i not looking forward to next week. <laughs> That's definitely that. But it did its job. It was it was entertaining. So, But in the meantime, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at FanOutlookPod. You know, capital F, capital O, capital P. And I will catch you all next time. I want to thank you very much for watching. Uh, like I said at the start of the show, if you could uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be absolutely brilliant. But again, it's your choice. But if you don't enjoy the show, well, that's just a personal problem. But in the meantime, stay, stay healthy, and I will catch you guys tomorrow. Thank you very much.